Sonic State Talk. Welcome, everybody, to Sonic Talk number 218. I can't believe it's that time already. It's really uh, flying along, nearly there to 200 and... Uh, 20, which might be some sort of milestone, or 222, which may be a milestone, or maybe not. Anyway, I'm very glad to introduce to you our panel today, uh, as well as all those in the chat room. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Very pleased to have you. We're trying to stream in uh, MP4 format today to make it possible for people on iPhones to, or iOS devices to view this. It's still a little bit experimental. It shouldn't affect anybody who's watching us on the sonicstate.com forward slash live page, but it may fizz in and out, so I'd appreciate any feedback from anyone who is listening on an iOS device or watching. So anyway, we'll uh, introduce our gang. Uh, we have a number of people. Um, uh, first of all, we'll say hello to Dave Robinson, Pro Sound News editor, uh, prosoundnewseurope.com. How are you, Dave Robinson? Uh, I'm good. Uh, it's amazing how working in a big building in one little room, well, trying to find the phone number for, for one phone when, you know, you'd, you'd, yeah, anyway, that's why I was 10 minutes late, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Anyway, but well... Just, thank you very much. I'm just back from Istanbul, actually. I've just spent two days in Istanbul. Constantinople. Yes. Um, courtesy, of, um, courtesy of Bose, of all people. They've just launched a, a rather spiffing new... Um, sort of installation speaker system called Audition, an unusual name for a, for a speaker system, certainly. But uh, it uh, professes to have a new technology that they've been working on for years called Progressive Diffusive Array. So uh, after this show, you can all look that up. PDA. I was yeah. hoping for a more amusing uh, um, three-letter acronym, actually. <laughs> But no, no, never I mean, mind. That'll do. Six, six months working on the uh, on the the, the uh, TLA, so that it doesn't spell bomb or something like that. You know, the Bose Uniform Module. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should have done. Anyway, thank you for joining us uh, and welcome as ever. Oh, thank you. And uh, we'll flip. Well, we'll stay in this side of the country because we've also got uh, who's just appeared, popped up in the screen there. Um, Mr. Dave Spears. It's a double Dave week. Uh, if I had a jingle, hey. I'd play it. Dave Spears from G4 Software, who's taking time out from his busy schedule. Every time we see him, he looks more and more tired. I'm, a bit, I'm getting a bit worried about you, Dave. Yeah, even I'm getting worried. <laughs> <laughs> you sound tired, Dave. Yes, I've been, I am yawning, actually. Anyway, yes. That's it's nice to be here. I did try it's with fine. the topics to kind of liven up a bit, but I'm afraid, you know, well, time will tell. We'll see if, whether it's worked or not. <laughs> G4Software.com is where you need to be to uh, listen to all things well, I'll just check out all things GeForce. Anyway, so welcome, Dave. And all, now, we're, now we'll leap over to the other side. In a matter of nanoseconds, we can join our friends on the other side of the Atlantic. We'll start with, uh, let me see, Rich Hilton. Rich Hilton um, from Connecticut. Looks very sunny where you are. Uh, Rich Hilton, of course, is the uh, in-house guy for Nile Rogers at his private studio, as well as being a very accomplished keyboard player, engineer, producer, and all manner of things. How are you, Rich? Very well, thank you. But it's far from sunny here right now. Ah, it's been uh, rainy for days, and it's uh, very—you'd recognize this, actually. Gray. If you were here right now, this would all seem eerily familiar. <laughs> Just a gray. Well, it's a bit. Talking about. It's like that here at the moment, but it, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, Rich, welcome and thank you for joining us. Uh, MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius, and Hiltonius is the place to find him and uh, any other. Hiltonius matters on the interweb. And also, while we're over, over there, we'll say we haven't heard from PJ for ages. PJ Tracy, ladies and gentlemen, Emmy winning PJ Tracy, PJ Tracy Music. How are you, PJ? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I just wanted to uh, mention to anybody that had been, um, that has listened to the show for a while and uh, might be interested, I'd, I've been searching for. Uh, a piano solution in a live context for a long time, as yes, we do know. Might know. I settled on something that I can highly recommend. I've used it several times in uh, shows, and that is the Nord piano. Ah, is, a firm favorite. A fantastic instrument. Yeah, recommended highly. Yeah, uh, well, a lot of people swear by it, and you do see it on a lot of uh, certainly a lot of TV and live live events here. I don't know whether it's it's that's because it's red. Yeah, well, that's, what, that's why you see it on a lot of TV. <laughs> well, it's red. Should, so. we, should we get the red one or the black one? Get the red one. Yeah, probably well, no, so. They are supposed to be very good, and uh, well, good, good. I'm glad. I'm because I know you're very exacting, so that must be some kind of uh, endorsement, in the least. Hey, PJ, yeah, this is, 
Yes, sir. Can I ask what did you bought one of these, Javier? I did. Uh, what, what what sort of ballpark are we talking about in dollars? In dollars, I paid about twenty eight hundred dollars for it. Wow! Right. Is it an eighty eight key? Yep. It is. <laughs> it better be. <laughs> yeah. It's a full. It's a full weighted eighty eight keys. Let me tell you, I'm absolutely amazed at what they did with this instrument. Uh, in about 500 megabytes worth of space, the average piano program in this thing consisting of about 75 megabytes, the articulation on this instrument is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It, ri- it rivals some software for sure. I oh, mean, that's it, interesting. And, and they've uh, included some sympathetic resonance and very believable pedal noises that add a dimension <coughs> to the instrument. Um, as well as a kind of believable legato playing, which is something that's missing from a lot of the soft, the software instruments. So yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, the The action on the machine was customized for them by Fatar, I believe. That's who did it. For All them. right, okay. Yep. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that because um, I know you've been looking for a very long time. So uh, congrats. I have for that. And now I'm using my uh, Muse receptor as a footstool. So. <laughs> or as ah. the, the door jam, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I almost threw it through a window. So if anybody's looking for a, a slightly scuffed up uh, Muse receptor, oh, just man. email me. Wow. Well, anyway, thank you, for, thank you for sharing that, PJ. And um, yeah, yep. no, I'm glad. I'm glad you finally you finally got where you needed to go with that because you know you've been looking for a long time. Here's something I think that we ought to. I'm going to switch to me because you can see me. Here's something I think we ought to check out. This is a rather beautiful and touching um, documentary. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to skip through this a little bit because there's some, just some beautiful moments. Hold on, it's not the music. Here we go. I'll fast forward it because what I really like is when they get taking all the stuff out of the plane. Where is it? There we go. They're getting on the plane. No, they're taking the stuff off the, off the plane. Here we go. Okay, I'm not going to play it all, but please make it stop. No, it's, it's, it's part of the, it's part of what has to happen because uh, that was just a great story. I was watching, I was uh, looking at the the Sunday Times this week, and uh, there was an article about Iron Maiden who are currently touring, and I really did not know this, but they've got their own jet with Iron Maiden on it. It's Ed Force One, and they fly the entire crew and all the kind of back. I don't know if it's all the backline, but all the stuff that they need to take with them, like the front of house desk. Well, why and, not? With them on their own jet, all over the place, and I just thought I didn't think that sort of thing happened anymore. I thought it was a, a, a mythical thing that never did, but I didn't realise these guys—they're playing like thirty thousand people a night. And what's even more cool is um, Bruce Dickinson actually flies them the plane, not on every single leg, but quite often he's the pilot as well. And I just thought, what a f- wonderful tale of uh, rock and roll excess in a time when I haven't heard anything like that for ages. And then when I was looking at it, there's tons of these things. You know, they've been going on this for, for a number of years. It's amazing. Yeah. Just thought it was wonderful. Yeah. I think Q, Q Magazine did a big thing about this a couple of years ago when they started the uh, started the tour. But yeah, with Bruce actually qualified. Um, he's a bit of a polymath, isn't he? A bit of a wonder man, old Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, the interview was kind of like, he could, he's not he's into mass, lots of literature. He's, he's, he's got a... a, a uh, a love of trigonometry, all sorts of just bonkers stuff. It's just like... Oh, that's, that's the best bit. Yeah, what? <laughs> well, and he, re- he represented England in the fencing championships a few years ago as well. That's right. He's, he was ranked seventh best uh, fencing, men's fencing champion at, in the UK at some point. It's just yeah. like... No, there's a... you could sing. <laughs> that's so unkind. So have you had anything... Because you, you cover these kind of large-scale things, Dave. Have you had any... Uh, any dealings with you? Have you been on Ed Force One or seen with it? Bruce, well, I've, I've 
I've been to a Nico McBrain drum demo, but that's, uh, uh, that was at the God, I think it was at the Mem show in the nineties. Um, no, but we did it. We did something on this on the tour because at the time they were they were they were they were flying the the backline, but they were then using different. Uh, different PA systems in different cities as well. So it was kind of, as far as I remember, it was kind of creating work for different uh, different PA companies in different places, which is all good for you know spreading the love around. But um, yeah, you know, good luck to them. I know they're doing this for they've, they've been doing it a long time. They've managed to create a, uh, a big fan base. They they managed to motivate everybody a few years ago to get uh, I think it's Run to the Hills or one of their tracks got into the top of the charts mainly through sort of Facebook and and uh, you know fans downloading one particular week it's all very good you know not really my kind of thing no, I agree again. I mean I'm not a fan of Iron Maiden but I just did not know and they're like the third biggest band in the world in terms of p- yeah. playing I'm just under the ra- totally but, under the radar I think I posted this up uh, my Facebook page and I think Dave Spears you heard this there's a there's a, uh, there's a Gear Jensen who's Mental Overdrive he does a cover of Run to the Hills on his uh, one of his albums um, which is quite it's quite like a techno version of, uh, of Run to the Hills which is quite uh, quite interesting to say the least I wouldn't say it was brilliant but uh, yeah but anyway someone else talk about Iron Maiden because I'm not keen <laughs> <laughs> okay anybody else know anyone who know a band who've got their own plane yes Woo! Go rich, go rich. Tell. Who? Well, um, I don't know if it's their own or they rent or whatever, but I know that the Springsteen troupe uh, travels by, by private plane and brings their own chef. Nice. Well, I suppose the gentleman tourers amongst, uh, amongst the sort of higher echelons could kind of do that sort of thing. I suppose now, oh, sure. the, now the money's gone back into touring, you know, and there is money to be made, then perhaps there, we'll, we'll start to see a little more excess. Metallica were doing what? something a few years ago, weren't they? When they did that European tour, they were going to event, they were going to a particular venue, and then they're all flying over, flying off to their own particular houses every night, and then flying in to do the gig. <laughs> flying which home. Was, yeah, something like that, which is very sort of wasteful, but you know, rock and roll. Well, actually, we did a a, a, a tour diary with. Richard Evans, when he was on tour with Mr. Gabriel a few years ago, and he did as an audio thing, and, th- and we talked to him about this, and he was, you know, they would do the same thing, fly in and out of Bristol Airport and then go home for, go home for tea. Mm. <laughs> it was just, just kind of, sort of fairly bonkers. Uh, uh, Dave, anyone who's got a plane? Yeah, but not a band. Oh, well. <laughs> I've, never been, I've never been in a pl- in a, in a pl- on a plane, you know, that's sort of fl- not, not, I've not been a paying fare of. Andy, Sh- Andy One day, got some good stories about when he was with the darkness on private jets, but I'll leave. I'll I'll let him tell those when he's next on. Uh, I can imagine. He d- yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that Dickinson flies. It's Australia's air, isn't it? And I've got a feeling. My brother's complete Iron Maiden fanatic. In fact, when Dave Robinson was saying about that mem show where Nico McBrain was, as he walked past the stand, I thought my brother was going to faint. He was. There's Nico McBrain. There's Nico McBrain. There's Nico McBrain. Oh my god. Oh my god. It was quite hilarious. So we lost him for an hour while uh, I think Nico tried to find his drumsticks and do a demo or something. But I think that Bruce Dickinson actually flies commercially as well, and I seem to remember some mates of mine saying that they that he flew them on a pucker plane to Egypt, and it was like, you know, welcome on board. This is your captain, Bruce Dickinson, speaking, and they were just like, oh my god, he does. Uh, he does. He flies five hundred hours a year minimum, I think. Or no, or he, he has, has to, to keep his license up. He, he has to keep his license yeah. up. Yeah. PJ, have, have you uh, have you known anyone with a plane? You ever flown privately? Yes, my father-in-law had a plane. Wow, now that's cool. It's much more common yeah. in, in America, isn't it? I mean, because I knew someone who had a, a flying a pilot's license. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I know several people in the area that do. Um, a lot of my friends are pilots. Um, unfortunately, none of them are ballsy enough to let me fly their plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that perhaps your pilot license might be a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, it might be. <laughs> that's another lifetime, I think. But uh, yeah, no, I've never. I I I used to like flight sims, but uh, that's about as close as I've been. But I just I just thought I thought this was wonderful just because of the excess of it. I mean, and it's so it's so unusual these days. I mean, and it, and again, you know, the, uh, even just talking about this now, we know that they've been touring for for years, 
And this has been going on for ages. It's not their own, is it? That, is it their own jet or they, they rent it off East? I don't know how you pronounce the, the airline. They've had it refitted. Apparently, um, when they were in uh, the States, the military came on board to have a look, see how they'd fitted it out and said, oh, it costs us like you know $500 million to get a plane refitted like this. And he said, oh, it cost us, what did he say, 300000 or $3 million or something like that. And they, went, you were, they said, you're ripped off. It's a great article, but it's behind the Times... <laughs> Behind the Times paywall, it's a, but if you, it's it's worth paying a quid for. I, I was going to send the link, but I didn't fancy lining Rupert Murdoch's pockets any further than they already are. <laughs> but uh, yeah, great stuff. I don't know. Um, I've I, I'm hoping we're going to see a bit more of this kind of stuff because, as I say, you know, the touring has become more of a, you know a, a likely source of income. So why the hell not? It also makes life a lot easier when you're travelling around, doesn't it? I mean, literally, you can take the car to the plane, get on the plane, go do your gig, and come home. I don't know. I've never, I've never experienced it, but yes, I expect so. Uh, <laughs> if only we knew. If only we knew. Right. Uh, let's see. What's this next track? Okay. Here we go. Here's something uh, next. Oh no, I've got to do this, haven't I? So I've got to flip to that, and then I've got to play a couple of tracks. Here we go. Let's see if I can do this. So that was the sound of uh, a couple of... um, was a couple of clips that had been um, posted by somebody called Harkin Libdo. Uh, that seat looks very familiar to Libido, and I don't know whether or not that's a comedy name of a producer, but uh, he's remixed for Cool Keith, Plastic City, Anenio Morishoni, Depeche Mode, Viva Ray and On. Uh, those are 225 BPM samples which are going to be posted online. He's attempting to break the world record for the most number of producers on a single track. Uh, and those two elements, uh, you've got to then sub- you've got to use those as the basis to c- provide another two elements that must be clean, not EQ'd, and mixed at zero dB. Parts can be downloaded uh, from the SoundCloud page. Then you send your four bars of audio to uh, an email address, and then um, you basically um, you're in. And the idea is is that he's trying to b- break the record for the most number of producers on a-, a track at the same time. It just struck me this is sort of one of those things where you just think, isn't that likely to just be a complete disaster? <laughs> but I think he's he's he seems to be um, using the term producers loosely in in the fact that contributors yes, but mm. basically he's producing it because he gets to decide what gets used and what's done. So I'm, I'm I think I might have to take issue with the Guinness Book of Records if they actually award this to him. Well, surely if you it must be the most number of producers at a certain length of track because otherwise you just keep putting stuff on the end until you're beating the record, don't you? Oh, it lasts three thirty-seven hours, but we're just about to break the record. Gold. Yeah, but that's, I mean? that produ- <laughs> contributors are not producers, though. I don't think that's a fair thing to say. Well, yeah, but everybody if everybody does their own production to a certain degree, don't they? So if yeah. you were contributing a sound, you'd be a contributor, but. If you're actually doing a four-bar loop, and, and even if you slap a sound effect on it and throw it, and throw it back, then you're sort of doing some kind of production, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. All right, I'll give you that. Well, okay. I mean, how do you, how do you, uh, yeah, how do you define what's the the, the biggest number? I, I don't know. It's, it looks a bit loose to me. I mean, nice it idea, is. but yeah, so, yeah, it is a bit loose. No one's going no to listen to it, are they? <laughs> No, it's it's very loose, and to be honest, it's fairly close to a tumbleweed moment, um, just purely because I, I didn't have quite enough topics because I was very busy this week, because I've been doing lots of other stuff, which we could Aww. talk about instead, uh, which was more interesting, <laughs> frankly. I don't know. Um, the the uh, Obviously, you know, it might prove interesting, but if you're interested, I'll put the link in the show notes and you can click onto it. I don't know, Rich, does it, do you, would you, how do you think it would be to cur- curate something like this? I mean, it would just take you hours, wouldn't it? Yeah, but hours isn't a long time in my business. Days, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Um, this is along the lines of those collaborative internet YouTube projects where you create an orchestra out of people's YouTube videos playing to the same piece of music. You know, that kind of – it. I enjoy the collaborative nature that it offers to people and the fact that they seem to be interested in doing it in the same way that kind of people want to be on TV. Yeah. So that part of it, that part of it, I kind of dig. Mm. I don't really have any motivation to want to be involved in it, but <laughs> it, but I do. There are things about it I think are really admirable and enjoyable. 
Dave, I know you contributed to the uh, to the Imogen Heap thing. Going to be sending anything to this? No, I don't think so. And, and I was kind of confused because when I went and looked at the stems, there are two stems, a clav and a drum loop, which is what you just played. And according to um, SoundCloud, they were uploaded three months ago. Ah, uh. So what, you, what, you're, written, what you're saying is I found an in, incredibly stale topic and didn't bother to check the date. <laughs> it's so no, it's <laughs> You are entirely right, of course. I've been found Dave, out. What did, you, what did you contribute to Imogen Heat, Dave? Oh, it was just one of those things where she was just asking people to submit things live yeah, online and I did something. She's about to do it again, isn't she? Oh, is she? Oh, yeah, because yeah, she did so. one every tw- uh, six, six weeks or something, isn't it? Yeah. I noticed that it's been downloaded 92 times, but I suspect not by her. What, well, anyway. the, Imog- <laughs> the Imogen Heap single? No, the bit that, you know, the noise oh, yeah. that I made. I must admit, that clav bit sounded very messy. There was a lot that it was, it was, it, I think he must have just sort of randomly thrown it together with a few mutes on the desk and clipped some other channels on it, because it did sound a bit, not quite the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the perfectly done thing. I don't know, PJ, does this sort of thing appeal to you, or haven't you got enough time in your life? Uh, no, I agree with Rich. I think I think uh, it's a really nice idea. Um, I like the collaborative nature of it. I like the fact that people are doing things like this. I have no interest in, in being involved in this particular project. Um, but I was wondering if um, if you stormed into the room and yelled at the drummer until you reduced him to tears, would you be considered a producer on that track? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Reducing uh, a drummer to uh, tears, that's a difficult... <laughs> I'm not sure I... Very perverse way of, uh, yeah, producing music. But anyway, wave, uh, a, wave, a, wave a gun at your computer. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, <laughs> I've been in sessions with big-name producers where that's about the only contribution they made to the entire vibe. Of the- nice. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a shame. Well, anyway, I'm just going to um, introduce a message from our sponsor. We're very happy to hear from them, so I'll just... Uh, like to pop that in and say uh, welcome to our show show sponsor, who are Yamaha. Um, the uh, these desks that you're currently looking at are the N series desks, which are Firewire hybrid uh, digital analog consoles. Uh, the N8 and the N12. Um, basically, they have a special characterised N mic preamp, sweet spot morphing compressor, advanced integration with Cubase. In fact, you do get a copy of Cubase AI with it. Uh, they've got wide range musical EQ, high Z Input for direct guitar or bass recording, high-resolution Rev-X reverb, fully integrated pro-level monitoring suite, auxiliary sense for artist monitorings and external processing, dry or wet monitoring control, 24-bit, 96 kilohertz digital quality. Um, available, as I say, as an N8, which is an 8-channel, N12, 12-channel. Uh, Yamaha encourage you to go and check it out. You can go to yamahasynth.com, uh, yamahadownload.com. If you check out the Pulse stores for the UK, you can see... Uh, them in situ, be able to try one out and uh, see what it sounds like, see what the uh, the facilities are uh, and how it sounds, running a bit of material through it. I'm, I'm sure you can do the same thing if you visit a US store and tell them you sent them once you've bought one. Uh, once again, we want to say thank you very much to Yamaha for the continued sponsorship of the show. Thank you very much, Yamaha. Go to yamahasynth.com or yamahadownload.com and check them out. Right, uh, let's see what's next. Uh... Ah, Sonox Pro Codec. Uh, this was actually quite a cool idea, I thought. Uh, I'm just going to uh, start that off. Right. Good day, my name is Virgilio Bacigalupo. I'm with Fraunhofer. And today we are introducing and presenting this new plugin, the Sonox Fraunhofer Pro Codec plugin, which is the result of a collaboration among Fraunhofer IIS and Sonox. We have been working on this for over a year, and here you can see it. The plugin has been designed for real-time audition, encoding, and decoding of audio signals within a digital audio workstation, and supports the full catalog of Fraunhofer codecs. Now, I won't play the whole thing, but... Um, is that your voice, Nick? Is that you doing a funny accent? No, I'm, I wish I could tell you what his name was. Uh, Virgilio Bagicalupo, I think his name is. Very nice chap um, from uh, Fraunhofer, because I was at the AES on Saturday morning uh, in London, which was... Um, well, uh, it was basically... It was like a bunch of grey-haired people in a, in a um, hotel lobby. 
I think would be a polite way of saying, but there was some good stuff there. Uh, Frown off for one of the people that, that was there. This was, I thought, was absolutely brilliant because I've not heard of this before. Essentially, what the Pro Codec does is allow you to monitor the effects of the codec on a live mix. So usually, what happens, you know, when you're upload, when you when you do your mix. Uh, this is our understanding anyway. You, you tend to get you send your stuff off to a mastering house, and they will probably deal with the MP3ifying or the AAC codifying of the final master, which is not necessarily the best thing to get the best sound out of the uh, the finally compressed audio. And this it gives you much more control over the ability to change it in real time and do a sort of custom mix, balance, EQ, whatever that works best for the particular codec because you can monitor it. And I just thought, what a fantastic idea! Does anyone agree, or am I, um, am I again, hopelessly destined for a uh, tumbleweed moment? Ah, Rich Hilton, I see some thumbs up from Rich. Go, Rich, talk about it. Did you, have you tried this? I don't think it's available just yet. I have, I have not tried it. Um, and as you pointed out in your show, in your uh, little blurb about the video on sonicstate.com, um, why hasn't anybody done this sooner? And why must it cost 500 bucks? I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, that does seem kind of quite a lot. Um, but I, that aside, I very much want something that does this. And if I can get theirs down to a street price of three fifty, I might want this. <laughs> but at five hundred, but it just seems like a, you know. All right, I can still bang it over to iTunes and use the Fraunhofer codec and get the result I need, and I don't have to spend five hundred. You know, I don't know. Auditioning through it would be great. It's, and the other. And, the other thing it does is it allows you to decode and drop things into the door as well, which is another nice, um, nice touch or offline. Yeah, but the DAW does that if you drag it in, and it yeah, probably uses the Fraunhofer codec on the way in. But, but um, it just kind of cements one step further this amazing development across the length of my life in audio where the tools get better and better. The dynamic range gets closer and closer to the limits of human hearing. The frequency response becomes a non-issue. The noise, the THD, intermodulation distortion all starts to go away. And yet we deliver this stuff in these incredibly compressed and, uh, you know, compromised formats now that we've got all these wonderful ways to capture it. And it's just the irony just smacks me in the face every time another example of it comes up. So now I'm going to take my 96K 24-bit mix and listen to it through a device that's designed to specifically make it sound like crap. <laughs> and I'm going to spend $500 for the privilege. I guess and the <laughs> irony of this never escapes me, even though I, de I very much want this product. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's beautifully put there, Dave. Thank uh, you. Uh, Rich, even. Um, Dave Robinson, do you deal with uh, the Fraunhofer people at all? Because, I mean, the AES is very much your kind of show, and uh, they're always there. Um, uh, more boffins than usual per square inch yeah, per, on the booth. absolutely. Well, uh, no, but I wasn't at this AES, actually. It's funny, I didn't go, but uh, let's not let a whole different discussion. Um, I, I think this is very interesting, actually, and uh, on a number of levels. First of all, it's um, the Fraunhofer Institute, which invented MP3, and uh, Karl Heinz, Professor Karl Heinz Brandenburg was at the AES doing a, doing a lecture. He's the, the godfather of MP3. Um, so uh, one of the reasons why nobody's thought about this before, Rich, is because the Fraunhofer guys, who are the ones who have the key, uh, who have the keys to the MP3 box of secrets, if you see what I mean. So they, they can get in there and, and do whatever they want with MP3s because they invented it, if you see what I mean. So um, the fact that they have done something with, with Sonox and, and done something which is so very, very now, I think is is highly significant. They've created this product which will not only allow you to audition, will produce uh, the optimum format of MP3 for you to then post online. Now, obviously, it, it's not just MP3, it's also uh, the, the AAC versions. Um, so the, the, there's a range of codecs that they're producing. And as we get faster download times and memory capacities grow, then the, the quality will inevitably go up. And we'll be back in a few years' time. We'll be back to really large files that hopefully won't be compressed at all. But in the meantime, this allows professional studios. I mean, and that, again, that's why it's 500 quid because it's aimed at the pros. 
um, to produce uh, material for online distribution that's kind of tweaked just that little bit better so that it sounds just that little bit better and doesn't sound like a, you know, a crappy MP3 or, or like a, a full bandwidth um, 16 hertz, 44 point, uh, sorry, 16 bit or 20 bit, 44.1 file that has been um, compressed down and has had the, the life compressed out of it. So, um, I think it's I think it's an important tool for professionals looking to distribute in using the methods that have very much become today. So I'm very I'm very interested. I think the irony, if there is an irony attached to this, is that Sonox uh, were well were Sony Digital before they uh, effectively the Sony Digital guys before they became Sonox a couple of years ago, and of course Sony Digital was developing the SAD SACD format, which was a massively high-end format. So you've got guys who are working on something that was, um, you know, for, for audio files, now working with the guys who have effectively changed the face of the music industry with the MP3 format, which is uh, is, is delicious, I think. <laughs> but anyway, when it, um, I think it's due out. I think we 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 due to have a few, yeah, a couple, actually, so. couple of weeks, I think. But yeah, but it's it's very interesting, and certainly one of the uh, and, and you say I mean it's like most ideas. Why hasn't anybody done it before? Yeah, and now they've done it. It's a it's a simple idea, and hopefully it's been brilliantly executed. So uh, you know, I'm all for it. Well, Sonics make the high end plugins, so I'm guessing that's why it's it's generally going to be a little more expensive. I don't know, but uh, pretty cool. I mean, um, PJ, any use for you? I mean, I guess a lot of your stuff is not delivered and doesn't end up with MP3 because it's for broadcast, right? Yeah, that's true. Although I'm getting into working on some um, uh, commercial products like uh, electro pop music that this would come in handy for. However, I am wondering whether or not um, I just upgraded to, uh, aside from all my griping in, in the past, I just upgraded to Cubase 6, which um, I actually really like. It's a, it's a very good DAW. And um, in that DAW, um, because I paid for it, was a $20 add-on, which is the Fromhofer MP3 encoding codec. And it will also encode Og Vorbis, AAC, all of, these other, all of these other formats. And it allows you to encode variably from 320 all the way down to 32 kilobaud. Uh, the only thing it can't do uh, compared to this plugin, as I, as I understand it, is monitor the compression in real time. This was a $20 add-on to Cubase. Right. Well, I think the so, monitor, monitoring in real time must have some kind of implications because it's got a, you know, I mean, latency is not so much of an issue, but apparently they say the latency is, I think he said it was near zero latency, which is pretty astonishing. Well, I would, I would imagine that's the case, right? I mean, yeah. uh, if, you, if, you run, if you run audio inside your DAW through any number of bit crushers, or uh, compression algorithms in your in your DAW in real time, some very complex, uh, you know, combinations of distortion, bit crushing, that kind of thing. I, uh, it, it there you can get down to near zero latency. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I think what he said was that it'll be properly compensated for in delay compensation. In ah, your yeah. DAW. Oh, okay, you yeah, 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 yeah. That you're right. Which is a different thing, of course. Indeed. Um, Dave Spears, good this, isn't it? It's weird, actually. We were asked by a producer to if we could do something probably about a year ago along the same kind of lines, but right. we couldn't, and we were too busy and blah, blah, blah. And I was really interested in this, but I didn't know it was 500 bucks. Yeah. Obviously, all the demos that we do or all the demos that I do of instruments are, all end up as MP3s on the site. And sometimes it really does frustrate me when you kind of got something that sounds absolutely bloody marvellous. And then you, I mean, we'll do it at 320 and then you kind of go, hmm, something's not quite right there. So I was really interested in this. And maybe I could persuade the keeper of the purse to part with 500 bucks. Well, I tell you, I'm not sure. I tell you what I did see while I was also at the AES was the new gen audio um, stereo tools, which were quite cool. There was a thing which was, which allowed you to um, compensate uh, stereo width, certainly in the bottom end. So sort of frequency dependent. So it allowed you to mono the, below certain frequency, which I, th I believe makes the encoding for the rest of the signal for things like MP3 a little easier. So that might be something that's worth looking at as well. Um, what they call newgenaudio.com, I think it is, and there was a suite of plugins there. So I, uh, the, with, with the those... Brainworks plugins do that as well, Nick. Oh, okay. The, well, so there the you go. Yeah, I mean, just, just with those two tips there, we could, we could blow you about a thousand bucks, if you like. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I sign the check? 
Uh, don't, just, uh, just, I, just send cash, please, Dave. Can I tell you my, uh, can I tell you my audio file joke? It seems, uh, it seems particularly relevant. Please do. How many audio files does it take to change a light bulb? Um, I don't know, Dave. How many audio files does it take to change a light bulb? Well, I'm sorry, Nick, but on this 12 kilobit per second phone line, you wouldn't appreciate the answer. Ah, uh, <laughs> very good. Well, it wasn't very good, but it was very uh, apt. <laughs> it would have been better last week. Yeah, last week was, yes, absolutely. I know, good fun, though. I enjoyed that. And, uh, um, and some good there. We got a bunch of things out of uh, AES, although one of the funniest ones was the uh, the 1,000-quid motorised speaker st- programmable speaker stands. Had a little bit of a trouble, oh. Tower Sonic, trying to figure Tower out Sonic, yeah. how one would justify the expenses of that to almost anybody. But, you know, fun, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Once you buy the studio, it's got everything, obviously. Yeah, some of those. Uh, right, uh, oh, Short Circuit. Yeah, did um, you didn't get up there. I thought you were going to be there, Dave Robinson. Well, I thought I was. I tried to, uh, I tried to get on the guest list, and, and I failed. So, you know, you know me, I don't pay. Ah, uh, what you mean, I was, that meant, therefore, that makes me more important than you are, in that yeah, one. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I was going to go, I did fancy going along on a Friday night and seeing, because um, uh, it was more of the sort of Nova Mute stuff, wasn't it? And the Richard H. Kirk and Cabaret Voltaire um, on the Friday, and Saturday was the da- was, uh, sort of Depeche Mode night, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I've got a but, clip. Uh, We've got a clip of uh, Alison Moyer and Vid, because we did some interviews. Um, but I'll play this first, and then you can enjoy it. Uh, that's assuming I actually make it. No, let's try that again, this time with visuals. Alison Moyer looks really quite boxy, I have to say. That's just sort of crowdsourced bit of video, but that was um, one of the main gigs because they had Vince Clark and friends, so they had a load of guests, and it's basically it seemed to me all the people that have worked with Vince Clark over the years uh, got to come on stage, and we got a little interview with Vince Clark. Um, we were just about to leave. We met up with Tara Bush. We just interviewed Flood, uh, which was great, really top chap, and I'm, that's going to be going up soon. We've put the Gareth Jones interview up, which I think went quite well. He's a, again another great guy. Lots of interesting things to say. Uh, we went, we had Vince Clark, and it was sort of thrust upon us um, last minute because I. Don't I don't think Tara thought she was going to get it. And uh, Zoe, who's the press lady, who, who came into work after her, you know, being quite ill the day before to help us out, um, just basically said, oh, do you want Vince? You can have 10 minutes. And we went, all right then. So we had about 20 minutes and we were all sort of sitting around rather hysterically trying to come up with stuff to ask him. And <laughs> the first thing, I put something on Facebook. And the first thing that came back was from a neighbour of mine who said, is he gay? <laughs> I just thought, <laughs> I, 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 thought well, I probably won't ask him that. But the first question we did ask him was, so you're going to be doing a show? You're going to show later? Um, got all the tech, you know, what sort of tech are you using? And he just sort of went, well, I've got a guitar and, uh, and a laptop. And then it just went downhill from there because it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but really nice bloke. And um, we got some great stuff up there. But it was a really good event. Just overall, there was some great stuff. It, what did strike me about it was all these kind of living legends, the people who have kind of got ahead and got on and worked with all these people are just fantastically nice and easygoing. As Rich Hilton is a perfect example here. It's all a charade. Don't believe a word of it. Yeah, I'll bet when the <laughs> when they're at home. I'm as cantankerous as they come. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really, uh, it was a very good uh, and enjoyable event. Uh, not really, really sort of a non-topic, perhaps. But um, uh, did I put anything in here that might actually? Did Dave Spears? You were going to go out, did you not? You obviously you didn't make it, or maybe you did and I didn't see you there. No, unfortunately, I didn't. Um, I wanted to go. Really wanted to go. There was a load of people who were there that I wanted to see again, but. No, unfortunately. But I did see your vid, and I thought it was really good. And he's and he is a nice chap. Very nice chap. And I also want to say a big hello and thumbs up to uh, Shaker Dane, who I met, uh, who is a, I know is a fan of the site and listener, kind of. But I met him in person. Just bumped into him. He said, "Hello, Nick." And it was like I knew who he was immediately. It was one of those kind of things you just see someone, and you know their profile picture, and it's almost like you know them. It was, and he bought me a drink, and we had a bit of a sit down and a chat, and it was really nice to see him there. So I will uh, check out your uh, your flood video, Nick, because. Uh, the one time I met Nick, Dave, that was at the opening of the Synthesizer Museum. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and he's not somebody who does a lot of interviews or, or likes really sort of, um, you know, talking a lot about himself and what he does, in, in my experience. So, uh, 
you know, I'd uh, be interested to see what you got out of him. Blood? Yeah. Yeah. I tell you one thing about uh, about it, which was really when we were sort of editing the video or looking at the looking at it, it's just like if you shaved all his hair off, he would look almost exactly like Brian Eno. <laughs> you it's, never see the both of them in the same room, do you? No, no you don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, if uh, you're interested in an interview with Flood, he's in Howard Massey's book Behind the Glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, very nice chat, very generous. He'd just done a uh, performance there where he was deconstructing a lot of mute recordings and showing how he worked. But what was really interesting, the contrast between the two guys, because obviously we've got Gareth Jones, who's very much in the box, kind of software nut. And then we've got Flood, who is really not into that and much more into outside of the box, living for the moment, no presets, just kind of get on with it, commit, do all these things. They both had the commit kind of thing, just but but two completely different approaches, which was very interesting. And both equally, you know, equally successful in many ways. Dave Robinson was some Flood was the guy doing the modular stuff on the lawn that day, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then of course they did that node album in Paddington Station. I think Gareth Jones was on that as well actually. Ah, really? Ed and Ed, uh, what's his name? Ed Buckler, was it? Uh, yeah. So they did the Node album as well, but yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, the um, the other thing that was interesting is uh, Fleur. Uh, well. Gareth Jones just uses a tiny sizer, which we've talked about before. I'm hoping to get hold of that because I did catch up with the Schneidersboro guys who were also at mute. And uh, what was the other? A dark energy. And that's it. And a dark time. And Flood wow. was very much uh, into. Um, I think he, uh, ARP 2600, uh, and what was the other thing he really liked? Uh, it was an MFB synth, just a little tiny MFB synth that he got given but for Daniel last year for his birthday, for his, and uh, he, used, he said he used that on everything. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting. And it was just, what was great about the, the short circuit event, there were just so many people there. It was funny. There were, there were lots of people who were perhaps just a little bit too old to be still dressed as goths there. <laughs> <laughs> and I count myself amongst them. Uh, anyway, um, but yes, so I just thought it was fun. Anyway, this is the, the and possibly the last topic. Um, oh gosh, is it only five to five? To five? <laughs> Anybody got anything they want to throw in? Let well, me no, sit. but... No, but can I? Uh, can we ask Mark to join us? Ah, uh, well, I, I couldn't see him on the on um, I Skype. I think he's on now, and he would be very useful for this topic. He's there, Mark Tinley. Hello. How are you, Mark? I'm all right. That's good. Right. Let me just. Uh... I'm afraid I was. Um, I had to go run an errand, and I've been charging around. So I just, uh, Rich. So, uh, caught me on Facebook and mentioned that you were going to talk about something. Well, so we I are. Yes. Well, we've got the. Um, this, this is the, the the last piece in the in the uh, of the last of the topics. I'm just going to go and grab that because it was it was great. Uh, let me see. I have got it, haven't I? Oh man. Hopefully. <laughs> the whole thing but um that was uh, a brilliant idea i think that was the dandy warhols who were over at uh, moog central for the moog sound lab which is a series of i think it's kind of like unplugged sessions type of ideas where bands come in and they arrange uh, or work on a, a piece of music that has uh 
that's basically just got loads of Moog gear on it. And that was, uh, what was that one called? That was the Dandy Warhols, and it was the song Green off the uh, Come Down um, album. And it was using uh, Moog guitars, Little Fatty. The rhythmic pattern you hear comes from the chords of Peter's Moog guitar going through the eight resonant filters in the MIDI Murph. It just struck me as a really brilliant idea, um, for starters. And, of course, um, sorry, yeah? Well, uh, first of all, you got Elvis going on here. Ah, okay, um, I've gone there. Uh, you had that girl operating a Moog Taurus bass pedals, which obviously had its filter cut off, being controlled by a theremin right next to her. And show me something sexier than a woman playing bass lines and controlling filter cut off with your left <laughs> hand in real time. I mean, you know. Yeah, there was there was an element of that to it. I I didn't want to bring that up, but uh, now you come she to mention to, it. She used to take a top off as well when she was playing. <laughs> oh, get out of here! In the nineties, she was famous for taking a taking a shirt off mid track. Is that right? Oh yeah. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's some uncut Moog footage that we're uh, that they're going to release nearer the uh, nearer the nearer the time. That's the first in the series. What? But what a great idea! What a brilliant idea! And but and Mark, you worked with the Dandies, didn't you? I have worked with Dandy. Yes. What do you want me to tell you? Was that one of the tracks that you were involved in? Because I was trying to desperately find out in the time I had to research whether it was one of the tracks that you'd worked on. I. Um... Nick Rhodes and I produced Welcome to the Monkey House, which was about, uh, f- I don't know, five years ago or something. I ah, right, so it would have been, yeah. Maurice was born, actually, so, yeah. So, and no, I don't recognise that track, but then their tracks can be quite metamorphic in that uh, some of their tracks, you know, have so many different versions that sound so different to one another. I suspect that's one of them. Mark, it's very, very dark where you are. I can barely see you. Is that because it's... Um, I know. It's going to rain, actually. I'm you're under a cloud. I'm going to do my... Uh, my uh, let's do that. How about that? Is that better? That is better, yeah. Thank you. Ah, there you are. Oh, there. Here he comes. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much, Mark. You looked a bit like the... Um, we ought to be just covering up your voice as well. You look like one of those kind of actors who, who doesn't want to be identified there for a minute. <laughs> Uh, but brilliant idea. I mean, uh, do you, I wonder how much work went into this. Do you think perhaps um, that they actually just turned up and kind of had a go, or there was a lot of prep for this? No, PJ, have you heard? Have you apparently this is the second season of Moog Sound Lab? I didn't. I wasn't aware of the first one. Maybe they've kind of upped the production values a bit. Have you noticed any of this stuff before? No, I haven't. But it's uh, it's fantastic. I'd, I'd have to go looking for the first season and see uh, whether or not it's as uh, intriguing as this particular performance looked like it uh it took a lot to set set all of that up yeah i mean they had a lot of cameras there but they, they've got that fantastic yep. room which they seem to use for a lot of uh uh of their uh, recording it's, i'm i'm highly envious because that's exactly what i want a room like that that you could just film a load of stuff in <laughs> and i haven't got one and i can't go to Asheville every single time i want to use it but it's very annoying um and i'm very very jealous uh i know dave Fancy doing something like this with GeForce products, then? Yeah, can you imagine getting more than one person in this room? Yeah, it'd have to be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't touch that. Don't stand there. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, are you? Very creative you environment. Doing? No, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no. Get your um, rear end out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> it really would be something bad. I think one uh, of those people would have to be Gaz, then. Just... Just so you could get him there and have him cramped in that room with you. Yeah, he keeps threatening to come up, and I'm like, "Yeah, you, you're more than welcome, but don't bring anybody here for it." Yeah, <laughs> and just try not to breathe. And uh, yeah, no, I quite like. I do like this idea. Um, I'm looking forward to the Jamie Little one actually because I'm quite a big fan of his. There's a whole series of artists which I neglected to write down actually, which is rather foolish of me considering it's. Um, I'm we're talking about it, but that's just how I roll, you know. Um. I don't know. I'd love to. I'd love to. Dave Robinson, have you been, have you been to Moog HQ in uh, in Asheville or? Um... No, no, I haven't. I mean, it's a nice, uh, it's a very nice idea. But I, I'd, I'd like to see them kind of using something a bit more rhythmic than just. I mean, okay, this is just the one song, but uh, and it's you know, Dandy Warhols are known for you know sort of rocking out a bit more. I mean, it was hardly Bohemian like you, was it? You know what I mean? Yes. But and it also doesn't his hair look grim? Courtney, the main guy, blimey, get your hair cut, <laughs> mate. <laughs> John John Lennon meets Droopy the dog. He needs a Moog. Uh, I'm going to say Moog, anyway. a Moog perm. 
So, yes, um, but uh, you know, I'd like to see something with the uh, with some some big sequencer lines kick in, and uh, yeah, and then Woodley Woodley over the top of that. Yeah, I guess that would I guess that would probably take a bit more prep. I mean, the, the way that they could do yeah. that was obviously a bit simpler, wasn't it? So you know, presumably they're using Moog, those sort of thousand uh, dollar Moog guitars or whatever it is with the infinite, infinite sustain on them. Yeah. They were, yeah. Yeah, uh, right, okay. I think they must have got this from maybe the Moogfest where um, they had a load of people, bands coming through, and maybe they brought them in as, as you know, for a quick session during that. I mean, I'm guessing. I could be totally wrong and probably am. And um, um, Moog sort of plugging this, because, I mean, they should be, shouldn't they? They should have some kind of... Uh, you know, there's a is this a, there's a Moog chat channel there's Moog Sound Lab is it, is it like the, their their channel YouTube or something I mean it's a, yeah it's, it's I, well, on no, it's a, yeah yeah I but, but I'm just they, looking at the link they've what they've got is they've got a totally redesigned website which does look rather rather nice actually and yeah. uh, so you can kind of browse around and have a have a look at this it's very sort of iPad friendly and all that kind of stuff so they've yeah. they've done a lot of work there and it does look really good definitely PJ you ever been there no I haven't. But it looks uh, it looks like a field trip worth taking. Yeah, I'd lo- I I would really like to go at some point. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay uh, watch out for this. I, I'm guessing because they've got poster frames from all of these events. They must have all the stuff in the can. It's just a question of releasing it as it comes. But fantastic idea, and yeah, one another one of those things that I wish I'd done. <sighs> oh well, never mind. Um. um I'm guessing we, we sort of we, we've 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 arrived at the end of the road of the topics, which yeah. uh, was a bit sudden. Which is a bit sudden. Usually we're kind of a bit shy of of one or two, but I think we've actually got them all in there, which is kind of amazing, really. So um, I suppose it might be a, a a good unless anyone's got anything else they want to bring up. What's I'll tell you what, Dave. Why don't you give us a plug of uh, what's in uh, the current or next issue of ProSignNewsEurope dot com online digital magazine? Kylie. Uh, Kylie, Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. Okay. Yeah, behind the scenes at a recent tour. Um, yeah, some other. Oh, we got an interview with Hugo Nicholson, who was the um, uh, who was the keyboard player with Primal Scream. Has just uh, and he survived. <laughs> uh, he's just come up with uh, an iPod app called Power Chord, I think. And he's also um, sort of brought back this kind of this listen grove. Uh, I think it's a compressor or something like a, you know, a couple of grand's worth of hardware tube compressor. And um, yeah, so he's an interesting guy. We met him at uh, met him at Nam, and we just run the interview uh, in this uh, in this issue. Excellent. But, so but, yeah. So there you go. Get get online yeah. prosoundnewseurope.com and check it out. That's the one. The digital download, as it were. Well, I guess um, really then. Um, With that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you. Thank you very much, Dave Robinson. Thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Nick. Bye. Bye. Bye, Dave. Okay. Cool. Um, well, I, that remains. All it remains for me to do is um, say goodbye to the rest of our guests. Unless you've got any other business you'd like to bring up. I mean, I kind of. Uh, we're a bit light on topics, but this is we're getting into the summer, and it always ends up this way. It just sort of ends up kind of being a bit sort of uh, have to grasp at straws a little bit. But I can, I can Nick, re- we we have got some more um, interviews coming up. Ooh, wow! Hello, well, oh no, hello, hello, hello. No, that's all right. Something. Hello, hello. I can hear people. Hello. Am I still here? Yeah, no, you're all still. Everybody's everybody's still there, but that's bizarre. So basically, I'm in a conference call, right? I'm in a conference (laughs) call. Dave hangs up, and it just throws up a kind of. Would you like to answer this questionnaire? And and vanishes the entire Skype interface for a minute. Right, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good. What do you think of that? How How was the call call quality? Well, actually, guys, I'm still doing it. If you don't mind, Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Nick. Yeah, I mentioned something. Um, Please you were do. selling the the Yamaha N8 and N12 for our lovely sponsors Yamaha earlier. Yes, absolutely. Is that correct? Um, I just wanted to let the listeners know that recently for my home setup, I bought a Steinberg MR816, which to my understanding from talking to some engineers that I know that know some folks at Yamaha, it is the guts of the N8 and the N12 repackaged for Steinberg. Okay. And uh, it sounds really, really good. It's a really great sounding box. Excellent. So I highly recommend those those N8s and N12s. PJ, I should send you a cut of what they're paying us, and only the transfer fees would probably not even cover the amount. Of- <laughs> <laughs> might, it's might all good. good I'm, just, I'm just happy to be here. Rich. <laughs> might be a good time to mention that Yamaha owns Steinberg. They do. 
that's that's why uh ah, yes, yeah, of course. that's why the, the technology transfer i'm not familiar uh-huh. i mean I, as i say i use the yamaha digital desk i've not used any yamaha i think the last firewire device of theirs i tried was the uh oh i can't remember what it was called now it was not the 01x it was something it was the sort of device that was all of everything but it was just a way ahead of its time from what i remember uh, well, let's think- let's put it this way: we we put the MR816's DAC up against a Benchmark and an Aurora DAC, and all of us in the room agreed that the Benchmark went just a little bit over the edge from for front front to back clarity and depth and uh, stereo imaging, but that Steinberg box was in the same ballpark. Really? And that's a that's a yeah, and that's a dedicated DAC that'll cost you you know twelve hundred, fifteen hundred US, something like that. This is an eight in eight out box for seven hundred dollars. Well, I don't know what to say really, but um, I go and check one out, a local Yamaha dealer, and tell them we sent you, and uh, and maybe they'll um, how that works. But yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much, PJ. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I think yeah, but that's we're kind of done really. I, I, there will be some more interviews coming from the. Um, uh, from the mute sessions, like I say, we've got a few moments with Vince Clark, and we've also got the flood. And we did something with Andreas from Schneider's Buero and a shot of the carousel because they took the the whole carousel thing that they had is now going on tour. It's going to all these various places, and it's used. It's really interesting. He's got an idea that is, you know, just going to be so people can get their hands on electronics because everybody thinks it's always computers and everything, and people don't realise that this stuff is, uh, you're, you know, you can get your hands on it and what it does. And I, I did have a go, but I was on the end slot of the carousel, which by the time it gets round to the other side, it's a 15 minute rotation. It's been so messed up with it. It took me all of all my sort of ability just to figure out any knob that would make any difference to any of the sounds on it. <laughs> <laughs> but we shall see. But basically, um, we have ha- we have our own modular system coming. I was talking to the Monorocket guys uh, earlier today, and we have our lovely uh, case uh, in Harvestman Orange coming, which is apparently a brand new revision. Uh, has some modifications, so hopefully I can talk about that, and we can slap our, uh, our dope for gear into it, and we will then be fully modulated up and ready to start reviewing some gear, which uh, I'm really excited Woo-hoo! about. I think the first thing I'm going to look at is the uh, expert sleeper stuff because that just really uh, I can't wait to get my hands on that. So anyway, um, that's it. This was Sonic Talk number two hundred eighteen. Uh, chat room, thank you very much, everybody in the chat room. Looks like sixty nine worked. Everything seems to be working. I don't know if anybody was listening or watching on uh, an iPad or iPhone, but uh, I'd love to have your feedback to see if it worked for you. Uh, and um, oh, can you do that now? Can you? Well, Sorry, yeah, there is a there is a uh, a codec for it. So I, I'm streaming up in H.264, which means that it can be pulled from the uh, from the streaming server by iOS devices. But I don't know how well it works. Oh, wow. I'm getting iPad didn't work, said Redwalks. Uh, uh, obviously, needs a bit more tweaking. I'll look into it a bit more. But I don't think it stops us being able to stream to our usual Flash player on the live page and all that. So, so anyway. But anyway, thank you very much to all my guests. I'll say goodbye to Dave Spears at the moment because he's the one who's uh, fully in focus in the video screen right there. Dave Spears, g4software.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm off to play the Iron Maiden Flight 666 game on their website. Oh, that sounds great fun. Did I hear um, you were coming down to Bath uh, Zone somewhere soon? Are you going to pop in? Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. I look forward to it. And g4software.com. And we'll also say goodbye to PJ Tracy, who is uh, the other half of the screen there. Uh, looking forward to getting some video from you, PJ, and see you in your full uh, screen-lit glory. PJTracyMusic.com. Thank you, Nick. Thanks so much for having me. Always a pleasure. And Mark Tinley, thank you for joining us too. I know uh, we only managed to get you in at the last minute, but I really appreciate you hopping in there and uh, giving us a, a little bit of input. Thank you very much, Mark Tinley. Uh, likebeing.com, is that the place to send people? Yes, please. I've got a new one as well, transformingtribes.com, but there's not really anything there yet. Okay. So fairly certainly, you, you're going for a, sort of a very slow but steady internet land grab. <laughs> Well, I keep having these ideas and then some of them sort of drop off the end. So I think I'm really into the idea that about tribes, transforming tribes, but the idea that we can form tribes which transform our networks, so small tribes that kind of bridge out into things. So oh, okay. by that I mean sort of like groups of people like us. We're a tribe. We Don't are we? Yeah, exactly. Right. I've got a tribe for uh, we're you. Transforming, uh, we're transforming music technology, perhaps. I mean, I guess, in a sense... I'd like to way, think so. You know, we did... Uh, my mono, uh, I've got a tribe for you. Here's a monotribe. 
Speaking of tribe, uh, the monotribe unboxing video that we did, um, I'll just pull that up there for people, so it's true. I enjoyed it very much. You know what? It's the first time we've ever had any YouTube honours. I got like a seven, we got thirty third most discussed UK music video yesterday, seventy seventh wow. most viewed music video yesterday. That's wow. cool. So that's the hey, first honours. Are, sh- are those shipping the monotribes? I don't believe so. I don't believe they are actually. No. Okay. Um, I mean, it's kind of fun. It's like a 303 kind of thing. Um, you know, I mean, it's metal box, uh, kind of fun. Um, but it, it is, you can't do anything with the drums. And it is, it is a bit one trick so far as I found. But I haven't, I've only turned it on and played with it. But it, it's a lot of fun. I just think that um, first impressions might be that for the money, which I'm guessing is about 200 odd quid, it might be a little bit too much money for just a lot of fun. But I don't know yet. We'll see. I'm going to uh, enjoy uh, messing around with it and coming up with the review um, and seeing how it works. Because I'm going to hopefully, if the modular stuff arrives, I can start and try and sync it and do all the sync things. Because you've got to sync in and out. So I'm kind of interested to see whether or not that works. Um, so yeah, that'll be coming soon. But in the meantime, you can you can enjoy the uh, the Razer uh, soft synth review. That if if anybody's looking for more review stuff from us, uh, which I put up today as well. Anyway, folks, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure as always. And I think I, I think I understand now why Skype 5 works because if everybody's on video, when you're talking, you, you become in focus and your screen goes big, which is I had not seen that before because I remember you saying that, Mark, and I didn't know what on earth you were talking about. And I upgraded right. and that's what's happened. So, yeah. Woo, works a treat. Well, I, I, I'm assuming it's worked a treat. <laughs> I mean, time will tell. <laughs> but anyway, that was Sonic Talk number 218, uh, sponsored by YamahaSynth.com, YamahaDownload.com. Thank you very much, everybody, for participating. Yeah.